Hello and welcome to another episode of the Let's Buzz You Up podcast. My name is Esther Aiken and I'm your host for today and I'm absolutely buzzed to be here. I apologise in advance if you hear some background noise. The neighbours have got a generator running and it has been a little bit annoying and it doesn't sound like they're going to turn it off anytime soon. So I'm just going to record my episode accordingly. So over the last week or so, and especially with my employment situation changing and my available time getting even more pumped, I had a discussion with my business mentor surrounding my time management and what some of the things I can do to improve my work-life balance, including my sideline hobbies, and one of those things we discussed was my podcasts, etc. Everything was put on the table, and one of the most time-consuming things I do every week in my business is to create my podcasts. As you know, I have two, one for business, which you are listening to now, and one for my gardening called The Messed Up Gardener. Each can take up to four plus hours to create, which is like an entire day of podcast writing, editing, and recording. Not that I mind, because it's one of my favorite things to do, but one of the changes that was suggested, instead of having podcasts that were half an hour long, uh, I was to look at doing them around the 15-minute mark, especially as business topics can be a tad bit dry, and as business is my passion, I don't see it as an issue, but in saying that with my bees coming online and as I grow my business client base for health and safety and other business coaching, I guess it makes sense to pack an entire episode full of content without the dribble and as such I'm going to try and take my business mentor's advice and reduce them to around 15 minutes and see how much difference that makes to my daily work schedule. She kind of did have a point during half an hour business episode. It's almost like running a master's class, which is something I need to be focusing on for my content creation more. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to be skimping on the content information. I would very much appreciate if you could let me know if this format suits you better or if you prefer my normal length podcast. I was having a discussion with some co-workers the other day that inspired this episode. We were discussing money and the current economy. One person was complaining about how difficult and how hard it was to pay for their current groceries. Another one was completely not phased about the current environment. And she literally said that what comes up must come down. You just got to ride the wave, which I thought was kind of good advice. But for those that crashed out of the wave, it can be a very painful experience. I'll be honest with you, my money personality isn't all fluffy ducks and red roses. I know being a single mum, worrying about money has kept me up at night and I can't see that changing much in the future. Business costs also go up and as staff costs go up, as advertising costs go up, as the costs of services and products go up, it is definitely counterproductive. If you keep your head stuck in the sand and not acknowledge the current financial economy, it is going to be a bit of an interesting ride for you, I guess. So listening to these people talking made me think about the different money personalities, not just some business, but also in private lives you know, like myself, and I decided to do a little bit of an investigation, mostly because I wanted to see what kind of personality I was, and I wasn't surprised at the outcome, to be honest. 
So let's have a look at what the different types of money personalities are. Understanding your money personality is crucial for managing your finances and building a healthy relationship with money. There are several different types of money personalities and each has its own strengths and weaknesses. Firstly, there are the savers who are careful with their money and tend to plan for the long term. They are good at budgeting and saving, but sometimes they can be too cautious and miss out on opportunities. I tried to think of people I know that fit this description and I felt like I kind of fit this profile. I have a tendency to hold on to my money and I don't like taking big risks. I like to budget and I certainly like to make sure that there is dollars and cents in the account so that I've got my monthly bills covered and I have a confession to make. I tend to plan for big expenses nearly a year ahead of time. I've been told that I'm not very spontaneous in my personal and in my business life and I need to loosen up, especially around money. But money's no joke. And even though they say money can't buy you happiness, it certainly can make your life a whole lot easier. I would say I fit the saver's personality at least 75%-ish. How about you? Do you budget? Do you save? And do you almost hoard your money to the point where you do not spend it? The next personality on the other side of the coin are the spenders who enjoy spending their money on experiences and material possessions. They are often optimistic and enjoy living in the moment, but they may struggle with saving and budgeting effectively. Now, this is very much my ex-husband. He never used to have any money whatsoever and used to happily spend whatever came his way. It was definitely a point of contention in our relationship, especially when we had a business together. He would go off and spend money and forget to tell me that it was ticked up and I would end up getting the bill the following month, not having a clue how to pay it. And the end, basically, it was one of the things that made our joint business back in the day unsuccessful. I learned a lot of lessons from that experience, including developing systems and checks that prevented that from ever happening again. The biggest change was implementing an order number system and that if anything was purchased on account, it had to have another order it had to have an order number issued by the main office. All the normal normal vendors associated with our business were informed that if the husband didn't have an order number, then there was no no to purchasing. After a while it got easier, but the damage was done. And I'll be honest with you, the trust was also gone. Living with a spender's personality was definitely tricky because I liked to budget and save, which is probably a good thing because I did cover our ass a number of times. In his defense, he has changed a lot of years and become more aware of his money habits. I guess I was brought up a lot differently. My parents used to tell me money doesn't grow on trees and you had to work hard to make it. We never really did have a lot of cash to spare. That wasn't my parents' fault. They did work very hard, especially my dad. His hours were absolutely ridiculous and he had almost worked himself into an early grave. My mother, on the other hand, well... I think she just preferred to be a stay-at-home mum, to be honest. I think even though she used to be a very successful career woman in accounting, I believe my parents were also very much mostly savers, which is where I think I got the personality type from. Another type is the avoiders, who tend to ignore their finances 
altogether. They may be anxious or overwhelmed by money matters and may avoid dealing with them altogether. This can lead to financial instability and stress. I don't think I've ever really come across an avoider personality type around money. However, one of my best friends has, I suppose, a slight avoider personality and she gets very overwhelmed talking about money. But as her family's needs have changed, she has become a lot more money savvy and has reached out to budgeting advice services to get herself sorted around money and her income. I wish I could be an avoider, but I'm not in a financial situation to be able to ignore my income or lack of. I suppose I'm used to a certain level of income and being a single mum, my income generally goes straight on the mortgage and the basic day-to-day costs. My business account, however, never gets touched for personal use and it is strictly business. Again, that's probably more my saver personality coming through because I do not well, I do have the willpower to not touch my business account, no matter how much financial strife personally I might be in that week. I learned from a young age to get very creative with money and I can make a dollar stretch a lot further than most people. I don't actually know why I didn't get into accounting as an occupation because I sure do love money. The last money personality are the warriors who are often anxious about their finances and tend to overthink every financial decision. They may struggle with making decisions and taking action, which can lead to missed opportunities and financial stagnation. This is both in their personal and in their business lives. I'm fairly confident that I'm at least a 25% warrior personality. I know money worries can keep me up at night and I am doing a lot of work around changing my money mindset, especially around money, abundance and manifestation. So understanding your money personality can help you identify areas where you can improve and develop better habits. By acknowledging your strengths and weaknesses, you can create a more balanced approach to your finances and improve your overall financial wealth. Well-being. What money personality do you think you are? Are you a saver? Are you a spender? Are you an avoider or are you a warrior? I don't think there's really a cut and dry answer to those questions, but I know my personality is a combination of saver and warrior. Over the years, I've relaxed a little bit more as I've become more abundant, but that has to change again because I'm not going to be able to reach my money goals by the age of 50 if I don't start pulling my finger out of my backside and start knuckling down on my savings and potential money earnings. There are lots of ways to change your money personality and the beauty is once you actually know where you fit, you can take steps to either improve your situation or get some help or actively start looking at where you're sitting with your current financials. This includes in your business and one of the things I would be recommending firstly is sitting down and creating a financial budget. If you're an entrepreneur and your income is sporotic, then it could be potentially a little bit difficult to get a financial forecast. But any work that you do towards getting your financial situation tidied up or even understanding what's currently going on is a step in the right direction. If you don't necessarily know how to set a budget or what a budget even is, a budget allows you to track your income and expenses, make informed decisions and achieve your financial 
goals. To make it easier, I'm going to throw in a few steps that you can use to create a budget. And yes, this is very much an oversimplification, but hopefully it will give you some inspiration and some ideas. But it will also help you identify which money personality you are. So grab a big piece of paper and a pen and get really comfortable. Make sure there are no distractions when you sit down to create your budget. I would recommend a glass of wine, but in this case, you really do need to keep all your wits about you. (laughs) These steps apply to both personal and business budget creation. The first step in creating a budget is to determine your sources of income, such as your salary, bonuses, or any other sources of income. Next, you keep track of all your expenses, including fixed expenses such as rent or mortgage payments, utilities and insurance, as well as variable expenses such as groceries, entertainment and travel. The third step is to categorize your expenses into different categories such as food, housing, transportation, entertainment and others. If you use an accountant, they often have a code sheet that they can provide you with. The beauty of coding out your expenses is at the end of the financial year, especially if you keep your records in Excel, then you can search for a particular code and it will show you exactly how much you, say, spent on fuel for your car for the year. If you know how much you're actually spending on something like, say, takeaways, at the end of the year, you might feel that the total amount is unacceptable and it could be an area that you could decrease spending in and put more into savings. I know as my work hours got longer and my body started to get more tired, my spending on takeaways did increase. But I only started to realize this when I started to actively track and categorize my money spending. The next step is to set financial goals. Setting financial goals such as saving for a down payment on a house, paying off debt or saving for retirement is a fantastic way of getting ahead. It gives you purpose and direction and if you reach one of your goals, it is such a fantastic feeling. One of the biggest financial goals I set in my life was in 2017. I decided I was sick and tired of renting and working to pay my hard-earned cash into somebody else's pocket. I literally walked into my friend's home and told her that I was going to buy my own house in exactly a year's time. Of course, she thought I was like completely bonkers. And sure enough, by the end of the year, I had saved enough deposit to buy a house. Yes, having my nine to five helped. I ended up getting flatmates. I put the hard squeeze on my ex-husband's spending. But ultimately, we walked into our own home that the bank currently still owns with a substantial mortgage. But I would rather be paying a bank than some other person because even though the mortgage is ridiculous and I paid the house twice over, it's still going to be mine in the end. The next step is to allocate your income to different categories based on your financial goals and prioritize your expenses accordingly. This step made all the difference when it came to hitting my house financial goal. But I also couldn't have done it without the following step, which is to monitor the budget regularly to ensure that you are staying on track and adjust your spending accordingly. As you can imagine, living with a spender, this was hard work. I was often the baddie saying no to buying things, and yes, it did cause some friction in the relationship, but I did also use the last step, and that was to use 
budgeting tools. Budgeting tools such as spreadsheets, budgeting apps or financial software help you manage your budget effectively. In my case, I used Excel spreadsheets, whereas I know my friend that I mentioned earlier, she was using budget advisors and budget apps to improve her understanding of where her money was going and what she was spending it on. I have absolutely no idea how long this episode is at the moment, but I know I have thoroughly enjoyed talking about money personalities. Again, just quickly, they are savers, spenders, avoiders, and warriors. Which one are you? And I hope the budgeting tips inspire you to have a nosy at your finances. I know I have to spend time going through mine again and seeing where I can potentially cut some more costs and get more efficient in my spending. I'm also going to crank up my spring garden again and really start focusing on producing my own produce for the year. I know the past two or three years I've been a little bit slack because I have been living in a slightly more abundant mode and it's time I got back to basics. The next week will see me working on sorting out my ebooks if I haven't already done it and getting them online while I'm recording this. At this moment, they are going through just a teeny tiny final check for grammar and spelling. So keep an eye out for those ebooks. I can't wait for them to go live. I genuinely hope that you took something really positive away from all I've presented in this episode and that it has given you an idea of what your money personality might be and some budgeting tips maybe that you can take away to help you improve your money personality for the better. And if you're currently happy with your money financial situation, then I envy you and you need to tell me what your secret is to being content in your current financial situation. I know that even though I am a saver, I am also a warrior, and I can do a lot more money mindset work to improve my current financial situation. Let me know if there are any topics you would like me to cover in a future episode, or if you have any business questions, please do reach out. You can reach me through the Biz You Up website, or on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, If you are ready to get clear on your business goals and boost your productivity and revenue, I invite you to work with me in my one-on-one private business development containers. And as I've mentioned before, no, you don't have to have a business as I do help private clients with the goal setting and achieving of those goals. Flick me a DM and let's chat to see how we can work together. And again, let's biz you up. Till next week, thank you for listening and spending your time with me. I truly appreciate you. Have an amazingly abundant week and I will buzz you later. Bye. Thanks again for being here today. In the show notes, you'll find all the links to my social media platforms. Do pop in and say hi. I hang out mostly on Instagram on the at BizYouUp page or you'll also find me at esther.aken. Please help yourself to my free confidence or courage subliminals. These are the best kept secret to changing and leveling up your mindset and getting next level results. You can find them on the www.bizyouup.com website. That's B-I-Z-Y-O-U-U-P.com. I'm going to be cheeky and thank you all in advance for helping your girl out with your awesome ratings and reviews and hitting that follow and subscribe button. Till next time. Buzz you all later and have an incredibly abundant week. Bye.